Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen? And so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful Screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 59, and tonight, it's the birthday episode. It's my birthday, it's Bradford's birthday, but you know whose birthday is not? Yours. But still, we're going to have a party anyway. So... To celebrate, the crapshoot returns to take on a UK thriller called Unhappy Birthday. Well, goddammit, it better not be an unhappy birthday or I'm going to put my foot up someone's ass. But the real question is, did I like the movie or did I wind up with a fistful of diarrhea? Because that would be an unhappy birthday. But that's not the point right now. The point right now is I'm also joined by world-famous author of the Lakewood Memorial Trilogy, Robert R. Best. And we're going to take a look at the 1980s classic... Bloody birthday, which y'all enforced on me. And if I don't like it, I will break my foot off in all y'all asses. And that's a lot of foot, because you have a lot of asses, is what I'm saying. But enough of my babbling. Let's get started with the show. Eh, it seems fitting to pimp out Robert's shit. Well, not his shit, his book. Because that would, that would be unsanitary. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. The whole world, the whole world is, dead. is dead. The small town of Lakewood has been overrun by the walking dead. In a single night, the world has descended into a madness of biting teeth and a sickness that kills, but does not kill. Caught at the center of it is Angie Land, young single mother and nurse's aide at Lakewood Memorial Hospital. She and a handful of others are lucky enough to survive the initial assault, but how long will they last? And more importantly to Angie, how long will her children, waiting at home, survive? This is your good old Dr. Puss from Library of the Living Dead Press, and we have a new book available called Lakewood Memorial by Robert R. Best. It's book one of a zombie trilogy. That would be three books for those of you in the unknown. And it is available now at Amazon.com for $14.95. This is an incredible book full of great zombie action and great personal courage. It's a book to be read and enjoyed by you, the fan of the zombie genre, but also by you, the fan of a well-written novel. Available now at Amazon.com. Lakewood Memorial by Robert R. Best. Buy it now. Because the whole world is dead. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is wonderful, as always, to have you sitting here with me. So close to me. Not that close. Okay, that was just creepy. Anyway, what's been going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Well, I'm singing like an idiot. But aside from that, well, as many of you know, my show has been running as part of the uh, Ingenious Theater Festival, a play that I'm in called The Red and Green Room, which is kind of like no exit. Sartre is not... 
which is kind of like No Exit or Waiting for Godot, but with Mario Brothers characters. It's 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 either hit or it's miss. You know, it's it's just as I said, either audiences either get it or they don't. Sometimes they laugh really hard, and then there's things like the other night when everybody there was like 75 years old and just stared at us like, huh? What? Huh? But I'm working with a great bunch of people. I love my cast. I love uh, my director. I love some of the other people that I'm getting to meet. These other shows are quite good. The other four shows in the nights, because it's just just a couple of uh, very short one-act plays, but this was interesting. So we're coming out of the show last night, and I'm waiting for some people to get out of the dressing room. You know, people in my cast and stuff. I'm just like, oh, where the hell are they? Come on, come on, come on. And I'm hearing this kerfuffle come in front of the restaurant next door. It's just this big group of people, and they're just being really loud, and they're taking lots of pictures of each other. And then I started to notice, wait, they're, they're getting, they're, is that guy sending autographs? Who is that? And all of a sudden, I was like, <gasps> it's the cowboy guy from the original Village People. It does not get more gay than this. And it was really good. I'm just like, guys, you have to come out of the dressing room. The guy from the village people that side. They're like, no, he's not. He's just full. But he's right there. Fortunately, other people who are not dawdling so much got to see him. Um, I tried to talk to him, and he was very respectful. He just said, listen, these are my friends. And, you know, uh, we're just, you know, he basically politely declined. And that's cool. And that's cool. I respect that. Now, possibly not surprisingly, I have a bit of a history with the village people. Shut up. It's not what you think. Or maybe it is what you think. I actually know, well, knew one of them. I knew Frank, the leather one. And it was kind of a strange, sad story of how I met Frank. I had this friend from out of town. And he would come in, and he was a reviewer. He'd catch the Broadway shows, and he always had an extra comp, so he'd pick me. And we were going to see Forbidden Broadway, which is actually an off-Broadway show that doesn't run anymore. But they would just basically do spoofs of whatever crap was running at the time being. But he's like, oh, well, I got another, I'm going to bring my friend Frank. We've got to pick him at his apartment. And, like, and he was telling me, yes, he's very sick. He's got lung cancer and um, he's kind of cantankery. And that's pretty much all he told me. So we get to the apartment and it's this tiny, tiny, it's not a studio, but it's basically just two rooms. It was the, uh, the, uh, kit, the, the living room, a tiny kitchen, and the bedroom. Frank is not coming out from the bedroom. He's in there for quite some time. I have not laid eyes on him. So I spent a lot of time perusing this, you know, living room area. And there's just tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of books and newspaper clippings and kitsch. And I've started to notice, okay, everything is about the village people. There's village people dolls. There's village people t-shirts. There's village people lunch boxes and thermoses and you name it. It, it was color forms. It was just bobbleheads. There was just everything village people. And I'm going, wow, Frank must be gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but he must be gay. And after about 45 minutes, Frank finally comes out. And this this tiny, stooped, old-looking man, you know, looking like he's in his 70s or 80s. You know, he's got the plaid pants on, the golf pants. He's got a little cap on. He's just bitching. He's just not a happy bitching man. Hawking up loogies, which I know is not funny because he had cancer, but still, he's just miserable. Miserable. Keeping on this miserable energy. And I'm like, wow, this is the village people, Queen? God. And then I look down the hallway. There's this long hallway that he, you know, after he opened the door to the bedroom, there's a long hallway that actually got to the bedroom proper. And the walls are lined with gold and platinum albums. 
And I stuck my head around this little bit, and they're all of the village people. I'm going, why does this guy have all of the village people memor... Wait a minute. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at this stuff. I'm looking at the records. I'm looking at him. A light begins to dawn on Marblehead, and I said, is this guy one of the village people? No, he's way too old. He can't possibly be. But it was. And even though I never actually confirmed it with him, I got to somewhat confirm something else. I'd gone to a Catholic all-boys high school, as many of you know. Very prestigious, very snooty. And we have all these very celebrities and political floody flaws that have come out of our school. And they're all very proud of them. They're very proud of um, Mario Cuomo and Senator D'Amato and Brian Dennehy and George Kennedy and all these other people. But rumor had circulated while I was there that three of the six village people had gone to Chaminade. This was never confirmed or denied because the school would never say anything like, whoa, no, no, that's not true at all. But through our conversations, as we're driving to the theater, we're playing the Where Are You From game. And I'm like, yeah, I'm from Long Island, I'm from Garden City. He's like, oh, yeah, I went to school right by there. I said, really? He's like, yeah, some Catholic high school. I'm like, Chaminade? He said, why, yes. And I said, so did I. And he's like, yeah, I used to work with a couple of friends, you know, a couple of guys. We got together and we formed a band for a while. And I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were village people had gone. So I just contained my excitement. And it was a sweet but sad night just to see how this guy had fallen. I mean, aside from his illness, which had clearly aged him way beyond his years. Sad, little, teeny, tiny apartment he was living in. I said, fucking A, these guys were on the top of the music scene. They were the music scene. I'm looking at all the pictures of the people that they were with. The fucking president, fucking Jimmy Carter. They met all these people, and now he's in this little hovel, and hail, hail, rock and roll. Wow, that was a depressing way to start the show, wasn't it? So let's talk about some more happy stuff, okay? Okay! You know what? I'm looking over my list of things to discuss, and just about everything is kind of depressing. So I'm going to do my best to put the, the most fun spin on it that I can. Okay, so now some of you may know I had to cancel my surgery for uh, my deviated septum a few weeks ago because of complications with the office. Well, that was only half true. I had also had to cancel it because I've got some sore that will not heal in my butt area. So... I've been seeing a proctologist who had told me you cannot go through the surgery until this thing gets taken care of. It's too much of a risk. So that was the other reason I canceled it. But the thing I wanted to tell you that makes me really happy about this whole situation is that my, my proctologist looks like McLovin, grown up. Like in 30 years, that little actor that played McLovin in... What the fuck was that movie? You know what movie I'm talking about. That movie is going to be my proctologist. My pro- and of course, I realized this because I, I, when, I, when he comes into the office, I'm looking at him going, oh, I know, I know you. You look really familiar. Did I go to high school with you? And then while he's got the scope in my butt, I'm like, ah, McLovin, which is a really weird thing to say when someone's got a scope in your rectum. Unless you're me, then I guess it makes total sense. <laughs> oh. So some of you are probably wondering, well, what did you do for your birthday? Well, I'll tell you. I had a show on my birthday. And as many of you also know, it's also Mr. Brad's birthday. We share the same birthday because we are that adorable. But I had a show. So it was going to be a quiet birthday anyway. So one of the people in the company 
I'm not going to say my cast, but in that company, of this one, one of the people in the several plays that are there like, Hey, Patrick, would you like to smoke some pot to celebrate your birthday after the show? I said, I, I really don't. And he's like, come on. I said, eh, I don't know. He said, come on. I'm like, all right, fine. By the way, this is all just a, a legend I'm telling. This is like, this is actually, I'm having an acting moment. It's a monologue that I've written. It's not actually about me. It's a monologue about somebody like me who was having a birthday the same day I was. So we're walking down the street and we're passing the joint back and forth. And I stop after three hits because I'm a lightweight and um, I've got a long trip home on the subway. So I'm happy. I'm doing fine. I left at just the right time. I'm like, you know what? I think I need to go home right now. Because I was supposed to meet some people. It was an opening open weekend party. I said, you know what? I think I'm just going to go home because I have a feeling I'm going to get weird soon. And, well, I did. Because here's what happened. Now, I have to transfer subways. I take the 6 to Grand Central Station, switch there to the 7, which takes me home. Now, I'm standing in Grand Central Station, and I'm waiting for the 7. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. I'm probably not waiting that long. But, you know, in pot... In, <laughs> In pothead time, I, it feels like days because I keep forgetting that I'm there. And I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, here I am waiting for the train. Oh, what? Subway station. Right. Going home on the 7. What? Subway? Am I still? Oh, okay. But at some point, as I'm just trying to be cool, just stand there and wait and not be conspicuous, a train going in the other direction is about to come to the station. We're hearing the rumbling and everything. And all of a sudden, I heard this noise. Like, pew, 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 pew. Really loud. Really scary. And it sounded like the Star Wars lasers. That noise. The, 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 the battle, the, the gunship shooting. I'm like, ah, what the fuck is that? Holy crap. And I'm looking to see if there's something happening with the train. It's like, terrorism, terrorism. And I'm looking. The, 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 the coils along the wall are turning bright red. And they're, I'm like, oh, okay, 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 okay. I see what it is. It's the coils. They're stretching too far from the heat. And that's what's making that noise. So they should really fix that. Because if those break, you know, people are going to get killed. Whew. And the train went through. I'm like, wow, that was a relief. I have to report that when I get home. And then the more I stood there, the more I started to realize, the more I started to doubt myself. I started to think, Patrick, are you hallucinating? Are you so high that you just heard Star Wars laser beams coming out of the subway? No, no. It, was, it wasn't coming out of the subway. It was from those coils of wires on the wall over there that aren't there now. And I saw these things. It was like coiled spring, glowing hot red, like... Like uh, the heating coil on a on a, on an oven on an electric oven, I saw them, but they don't are actually there. I'm like, okay, okay, I guess I hallucinated that, but I didn't hallucinate that sound. That sound was so loud, it frightened me. And then my brain said, you know, you have been playing Star Wars Lego Lego Star Wars: The Complete Saga a lot. You've been hearing those laser beams all day. Maybe you hallucinated them. I'm like, no, okay, okay. Oh, shit. I gotta get home. I'm hallucinating. This is terrible. This is... Oh, what? Where am I? 
Oh, train, right. I'm waiting for the train. Fuck, why am I, why am I freaked out? I'm, sorry, I'm hallucinating. And it just, it was this endless stone to circle where eventually I had pondered this so far and during the pondering, I'd forget what I was pondering and I had to go back to the beginning and be like, oh yeah, hallucinating. And I had actually convinced myself at some point that I had not hallucinated them, but had told myself later down that I had hallucinated them just to keep me from thinking that I hallucinated them in the first place. Does that make sense to you? Because it doesn't make sense to me, but at the time, it made perfect sense. I could not get home fast enough. And I got home, and Mr. Brad's like, you smell funny. I'm like, fuck you! It's my birthday! So kids, pot, don't do it. It's bad. It's bad. So since we didn't get to celebrate on our birthday, we went out on Saturday night. And we went to see our friends, Karen and Michael, uh, Karen Mack and Michael Holland. Uh, Karen, who I'm hoping to get on the show someday. And they have this cabaret group called Gashole. The unfortunate but brilliant name of Gashole. Now, their show is cool because, you know, it's not your farty cabaret show. It's not your granddad's cabaret show where it's all like, Some enchanted evening, you may find a true love. No, 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 no. Or like people whining through their, you know, audition songbook. No, no, no. What they do, well, they've been doing mashups before mashups were cool. Long before Glee, back when they called them medleys. But Michael, who is the musical arranger, has this knack of mixing songs that do not go together. Well, mostly it's in the 60s, and the, uh, 60s 70s, and 80s. And he describes it like K- those K-Tel albums, how, you know, he learned songs from those Record commercials. And, you know, you learn the songs in a certain order. And when you actually heard the real song and it didn't go into Brown Eyed Girl, you wouldn't know what to do. So he made kind of, he makes mashups of all these songs. And it's just fun and it's genius. And we got really drunk and I made an ass of myself. Because for this particular show, they've been doing for a while, it's called the Holomatic. You get a Rolodex with all of their medleys in it. And you pick ones you like, you throw in a fishbowl. So there's a randomness to the show. And... Brad and I have always been talking like we should print up other cards and put them in there with like weird things like, uh, you know, when somebody picks them out, the person in the audience will pick out the card and be like, it says, show me your tits. And we'd laugh and laugh and laugh. And then I said, well, you know what? How well they're probably going to give me the ball tonight because it's my birthday. How about we just make something up? How about because they have all these clever names like um, modern love is a battlefield. You know, even the titles are mashups is what I'm saying. So I said, okay, how about something that would match up the songs of Dorothe with Godspell? Because Michael is actually the current, uh, he's the uh, musical, he did the re- He did the orchestral, he did all the vocal arrangements on the current Broadway production of Godspell. So I'm like, how about we just throw them off and like try to pass off something that would mix the songs of Doris Day with Godspell. We can call it Doris Day by Day. And we're like, ha, 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 that'll be so funny. They'll laugh so hard. So I got to pick a card, and I said it. I'm like, Doris Day by Day. And they're like, fuck you, you drunk. Sit down. And I was like, damn. And they weren't even funny about it, so they hurt my feelings on my birthday. Bitches. Bitches. Uh, but before we start the show, um, you know, I think that's about it. You know, I've been talking for a really long time already. But before we start the show, I just want to say, um, I saw a movie that I liked a lot, but not enough to talk about on the show. Uh, because it just was not enough to say about it. But And that movie is The Caller. This is an unusual movie because it's filmed in Puerto Rico, and but it's all with, with Americans for some reason. But that if you get past that, because a lot of people get hung up on them. Why come nobody's Puerto Rican in this movie? We'll deal with it. It's about this woman who moves into her apartment. She starts getting phone calls from a woman who's looking for somebody. And she's always like, no, that person's not here. And then the calls become more and more threatening. And after a while, you realize they're coming from somebody who owned the apartment before while they owned it. As in, somebody 
in like 1976 is on the phone right now with her right now. So there's a whole time thing going on as well as this threatening presence. And it was a really suspenseful movie for the most part. There's got huge flaws in it. But the, act, the, the nugget of the story, I said nugget, is really tense and really frightening. And I've heard somebody review it that said it's kind of like a supernatural version of The Lake House and about a scary. To which I say, go suck a dick. Go suck a dick. Go, tuck a, go suck a small dick. How about that? Because uh, it's available on Instant View, I believe. And I say check it out. If you don't like it, let me know. I'm always happy to hear about this. Now, I was listening to the Hysteria Lives podcast. And if you're not listening, you should check it out. Uh, Justin called in a few weeks ago. And since then, I've been obsessed with it because I have no life. And because it's a great show. But I'm listening to one of their earlier episodes. And they had said, well, you know, we're having a great time doing the show. But we also realized we're always reviewing movies that we like. So it hasn't been work. And I realize I've been doing that for a while. I've been leaving out a lot of the things I don't like. Because I've been so concerned with getting you something good to watch. Like finding the, the piece of shit. The diamond in the shit pile, as I always say. And be the first kid on the block to say, hey, go check this movie out. So I'll be the cool kid that told you about it ages before anybody else did. However, I'm not going out of my way to watch things that I can tell are going to be shit either. And I know there's a huge amount of fun to be had in that. And I've been lacking there. So in the near future, expect me to start reviewing more shit. Not a lot. Just some. And if you have any suggestions of things that are wretched but not so wretched, I'm going to put my eyes out, but you might, I might have a, but might make a funny review, please let me know. You know where to find me. Crew at ScreamQueens.com or 347-767-3509. But we'll get into that later because it's time to start the birthday show. It's time to start the birthday show. And what better way to do it? Well, I got a friend here. I got a friend here, Michael. Michael, you ready to come on? Okay, Michael is a songwriter and a singer, and he wrote a song especially for my birthday, and I'm really honored to have him here. Um, so, Michael, why don't you take it away? Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Michael Jackson. Patrick, it's your birthday. God bless you this way. He gave me the gift of an awesome podcast. And I'm proud of you today. It's time for the crap shoot! <laughs> Paul! 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 Oh. Ew, 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 ew. So for those of you listening for the first time, the crap shoot is the section of the show where I dive headfirst into the vast sea of direct-to-DVD horror movie releases in search of that diamond in the shit pile. Will I find a winner this week, or will I have a fistful of diarrhea? Well, I don't know. I'm not telling you yet. But this week, I'm going to be taking a look at a UK release called Unhappy Birthday. Because it's my birthday show. And what better way to celebrate than listening to the trailer? <laughs> you trying to be birthday girl? It's the most 
most amazing place in the universe. You've always wanted to find your family. I think I've found them. This woman, Corin, she knows about you and your family. How can a complete stranger know anything about me? I don't want to even go to this stupid island. Oh my god, this is mental. <laughs> this is incredible. It's terrifying. Please! <laughs> 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 welcome to Amen. Fucking welcome! <laughs> <laughs> My beautiful little sister. She's a complete nutter. Oh, just give her a chance. So how do I know this is my mother? Look at the eyes. Yours are identical. Those visions you have, they're of our mother, slowly drowning in mud, screaming for help. Before the word of God. <laughs> Maybe you can show me Mother's room now. Happy birthday. Cover your eyes. Make a wish. Wow. You know, just listening to the trailer without seeing it, it sounded at the end there like an unhappy birthday meant getting peed on. But that's not what happens. What does happen is, well, the story is about this lady whose name is Sadie. And you see, her big problem in life, besides from very odd fashion sense, which I'll get into later, is that she doesn't know anything about her family. She never met them, she doesn't remember them, and she's always been on a quest to find her roots as they say. So now she's got this boyfriend, see? And his name is Rick. And he's got a big dick. So we have Sadie the lady and Rick the big dick. And <laughs> for uh, Sadie's birthday, Rick plans this surprise trip. He's, he's done all this internet research and he has found her sister, her long lost sister. And he's surprising her by taking her to this remote island off the coast of the coast and <laughs> and um, reuniting her. What part of this could possibly go wrong? Well, first of all, the sister lives on this island. Well, sometimes it's an island. Now, you might remember when I talked about the woman in black, this had kind of the same feel. You know, the big creepy house and the woman in black, at certain times the tides would come in and the roads would disappear. So it would go from, it would just turn into an island for 12 hours out of the day. Well, it's the same thing with this island. The island of Amen. Yeah, not surprisingly, the people of Amen are really religious. And some time ago, there was a flu epidemic that wiped out a huge portion of the population of this island. So as a result, they've basically quarantined themselves. 
to keep it from ever happening again. So in order to go to visit the island, you have to have all these special permits, you have to have an invitation, you have to have medical tests and everything to make sure that you are okay to visit the island of Amen and have the people there live in safety. Okay, we have a, a story set in the UK. We have a story with weird religious people on a remote island off the coast. Does this sound familiar at all? Well, it should, because there is a very strong Wicker Man vibe going on throughout this entire movie. It doesn't mimic the plot of it at all, but it has that feel. That feel of weirdness. And, well, because the movie's weird. I don't, I'm going to say this a lot. This film is just weird. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just got this overall sense of unease and offness that, well, we'll get back to that. I'm still telling you the story. Anyway, so they're driving out there to this island. Now he surprises her with it on the road, and she's not happy. She's like, fuck you. Why are you delving into my background? Maybe I don't want to remember after all. This is a horrible thing to do. But, you know, they're like, oh, well, we're already meeting Johnny. So they have this other friend that's coming. His name's Johnny. So we have so we have Sadie the Lady, Rick with the big dick, and Johnny Bumbalani. I don't know. Nothing rhymes with Johnny. I got nothing. So Johnny, the three of them are going on this trip together. Now this is I'm going, well, how does Johnny fit into all this? Well, I don't get it. Anyway, they're put, they're attempting to go to the island, but just as they get there, the tide comes in. So they have to turn back around and they take a, a, a they take a room out at this inn that's right at the coast. Um, right on the water. You know, they explain what happened. The woman lets them in for the night and everything. And then things start to really get weird. Like, uh, Sadie's taking a bath. So she's in there. She's soaping down her boobies. Her 35-year-old slightly saggy boobies. And meanwhile, downstairs, Johnny finds a video camera in the, in the inn's, I don't know, common room. And he decides borrow the hotel's camera, and go videotape Sadie while she's taking a bath and surprise Rick with it. Okay, Johnny is not the boyfriend. So this is already weird. I'm like, you're you're videotaping your friend's girlfriend naked in the bathtub sobering her boobies without her knowing. Okay, that's really creepy. But then he shows it to Rick. I'm like, why are you showing it to Rick? He's just going to get mad. Well, he does get mad. And, well, they sort out their differences by butt-fucking. Yeah, all of a sudden, there's this big gay... It's not even a subplot. It's a plot line. This is a love triangle in the purest sense. They're fucking. She knows. It's okay. As a matter of fact, she hears them fucking and masturbates. So she's getting off on it. I'm like, okay. I'm interested. I'm very interested. But now here comes the weird part. You know, when they're watching the videotape of her in the tub, you know, it got to the point where he cut off. And all of a sudden... There's something else on there. There's something dirty. There's a, wo- there's a woman having sex with a man on there. And it's the weirdest, unerotic thing you've ever seen. They're just like, what the fuck? What the hell is this? This is so, this is so weird. Anyway, the next day comes. They head over to the island. I have to stop here for just a second because I have to address the costumes that these people are wearing. Because it seems to be a point. And if it's making a point, I don't get it. For some reason, Sadie is dressed like Cindy Lauper threw up. And I don't mean like Cindy Lauper now. I mean she's so unusual, Cindy Lauper. I was really thrown off. I was thinking at first, is this set in the 80s? If it is, they make no reference to it, and there's no point of it being set in the 80s. But she's wearing this big pink trapeze dress with like Wilma Flintstone, you know, 
weird animal print on it, this gigantic red bow in her hair, and she's got like gigantic chunky plastic jewelry and fluorescent green. You know, she's just ridiculous looking. A woman this age in the modern world dressed like this is weird. And then there's a point made where her boyfriend's like, oh, no, I've grabbed the wrong suitcase. We don't have any clothes for you. So now she has to wear this ridiculous getup the whole weekend. If there was a point to this, I didn't see it, but it was just something that put, I don't know, added this weird otherness. And actually, the guys are dressed oddly, too. But we're not even at the island yet. You get to the island. Now, I'm not spoiling anything. They get to the island, and they have to go through, well, you know, um, a certain process before they're allowed on, which is rather horrifying, and I'm not going to give a lot of details about that. And now they meet this, this sister, Corinne, and she's all religious and stuff. And, well, yeah, I guess I have to stop here because it's just such a mood piece that the plot uh, doesn't sound all that engaging. I'm listening to myself talk and I'm going, <clears throat> but what's carrying it through is this sense of weirdness, that you're, this feeling that you're not quite getting what's going on in front of you at any given time. Like, you didn't understand the relationship between these three at first, and then you're like, oh, okay. I understand the relationship, but it didn't make it any less weird. And that's kind of how the whole movie plays out. It just layers weird upon weird upon weird upon weird. Unfortunately, the payoff doesn't quite match all the buildup. It's a perfectly logical payoff. It makes perfect sense. It's satisfying. But at the same point, it's not. So a lot of you are going to hate this movie because it's slow. It's a slow burn. There's not a lot of action. There's, there's not a lot of blood. There's just this weirdness that you kind of just ride on or you hate. Oh, yeah. Ride on it. Mm. Oh, I hate it. No, I don't. I'm riding on it. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I really, in the end, I enjoyed the film. I keep going back and thinking about it. Like, images keep haunting me. The, the cinematography is beautiful. The landscapes are startling as is the music and, as I said, the mood. And right off the bat, there's something about the way the film is shot and the combination of the, the, the well, just everything working together really well that everything has a sense of menace. The littlest thing has a sense of menace. She's just, people are serving dinner and you're like, um, what's going on? I don't like this. They're eating snack chips at some point and there's just something off about it that you're just waiting for something awful to happen. Now you're going to enjoy the fact that it doesn't and you're on to the next weird thing. You're going to get pissed off that none of these things are really openly coming out and telling you what the fuck is going on. During the credits, just this images of the tide coming in and washing out this road is just so creepy. And that and the sand and then the water sinking into this, the mud and the road back to the road, back to the mud. So I'm sensing water and mud are going to be very important as is butt fucking. And saggy 35-year-old boobies. There's a lot of sex in the movie. There's all kinds of sex in the movie. There's surprising sex in the movie. I mean, aside from the butt-fucking, there's also a lovely shower scene between the two gentlemen in the in, in the movie. One of whom is named, uh, where is it? David Paisley, who is an out-gay actor in the UK. He does a lot of TV shows. And so, you, you, Woody, you guys out there, you might know him. Because he does a lot of nakedness in this. And there was, I was just surprised because there was no hint of that in, in the promotional stuff that I saw. But anyway, I'm babbling. The acting is all very good. The sister is creepy as hell. She's just so nice and she's got this big wide-eyed doe face that you just know there's something horrible going on. And there is. It's not exactly what you think, but it's also not exactly what you want either. Part of the fun is trying to figure out with a lot of these movies that I've been talking about lately... Is the threat human? Is it the people on the island themselves? Or is there something supernatural here? Is it both? 
I'm not telling. If you liked The Wicker Man, check it out. If you didn't like The Wicker Man, don't. You're not going to be happy. If you like atmospheric films, definitely check it out. If you don't, keep walking. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate me. And you cannot hate me on my birthday because that would indeed make it a happy birthday. So, (sighs) unhappy birthday. Recommended for some of you. Not recommended for others. Is that helpful at all? No? Fuck you. It's my birthday. Go suck my dick because it's my birthday. You got to kiss my ass. It's my birthday. And that was really rude. I've come to wish you an unhappy birthday. I've come to wish you an unhappy birthday. Because you're evil and you lie. And if you should die, I may feel slightly sad, but I won't cry. Loved and lost, and some may say, when usually it's nothing, surely you're happy it should be this way. I say no. I'm gonna kill my dog May the line sag, the line sag heavy and deep tonight I've come to wish you an unhappy birthday I've come to wish you an unhappy birthday Cause you're evil Okay, I just want to take a couple of minutes before we get on with the next part of the birthday celebration to just take a look at some written correspondence that I've been getting. Don't worry, there's still more show to come, but I just want to take two, three minutes to talk about some people that have been writing me. I'm a horrible person. I keep people send me emails and then I never read them on the show. And that's not fair that the voicemail always get precedence. Gets precedence, I should say. So Julie from 19 Nocturne Boulevard has been great. She's been letting me know that the voicemail hasn't worked and all this other stuff. And then I'm like, thanks, Julie. And then don't read her email because I'm a horrible, horrible person. Now, if you like all these um, old-time radio things that I put up every now and then, you really need to go check out 19 Nocturne Boulevard because Julie and her crew put together new ones. Like new radio dramas, new radio horror dramas, and they're really, really, really good. So 19 Nocturne Boulevard, check it out right now. So um, I just want to quickly go over two of her emails. Um, She had a personal theory on that movie Dreamhouse, you know, the one with, uh, what's his name, James Bond and all those other people, and it tanked, and she has a theory about why it was so bad, or at least part of the answer. She says, all of the bad people in Dreamcast... That's not what she said. She said all the bad people in Dreamhouse were excruciatingly bad, and the good people were way too nice. So there was absolutely no surprise when the bad people showed up. It could have wrapped up much better if it turned out the mom was tripping balls and killed all the kids, and then he had to kill her or something. For a movie with similar flashbacky concepts and less lame, try Past Tense with Scott Glenn and Lara Flynn Boyle. She also makes a couple of uh, horror movie re- uh, recommendations because she says, I keep trying and no one ever seems to want to review either Murder Party, Two Front Teeth, which is a Christmas horror flick, or Junk Bucket, a parody of slasher films. All are fun, not necessarily good, but when you need a laugh, make a look, uh, maybe take a look. Have a great day. Julie from 19 Nocturne Boulevard. And um, to which I say, 
I agree. Yeah. Uh, Dreamhouse, like I said, it was a total drag because there was no surprises. And uh, when the actual killer showed up, he might as well have been wearing a sign, like a neon sign with a big arrow that floated over his head that says, I am the killer. I just think it would have been great if the mom had been tripping balls no matter what she did to the kids. Just, just, just have what's her name tripping balls. Rachel, Rachel Vice tripping balls on drugs movie <laughs> just to make it interesting. I have never heard of past tense. I have added it. Um, well, I was going to say I added it to my Netflix queue, but I couldn't because it's not on there. Neither is Two Front Teeth or Junk Bucket. Although I got to say Junk Bucket, that alone for title makes me very happy because it's one word, Junk Bucket. Um, so I guess I have to go buy them. See, this is where listener donations come in handy because Patrick's poor. Patrick lives in New York City. My rent would make you throw up. Your eyes would bug out of your head and roll down whatever stairs are nearby. And if there weren't any stairs, like stairs would open up in the ground beneath you and your eyeballs would roll down them because that's how high my rent is. And, you know, I lose money. And um, so, yeah, so if you're making a recommendation to some for something, for me to review something that's not readily available on Netflix please consider making a slight donation to the Scream Queens Horror Podcast by clicking on the link on the website, which, of course, is www.screamqueens.com, and that's Queens with a Z. Um, Murder Party, I've seen. I actually own that movie, and I like it, and I would be happy to talk about it. I See, I wasn't sure if that movie would play outside of New York because it's so making fun of Williamsburg and so making fun of the douchebags that live there. But if you want it, Julie, I will get to it. Summer's usually slow time, so um, I'll add it to my list. And if I can find these other things, especially John Bucket, I will add them to my list as well. But you do realize, Julie, this comes with a price. Because anyone who makes a recommendation to me of something that I haven't seen to review on the show, um, you make yourself vulnerable. Because you are going to have to assume the position and go against the wall. That's right. Because if I don't like it, there will be punishment. But if I do like it, there probably still will be punishment, but at least be fun punishment. So thank you for writing in, Julie. Also, I've been getting emails from a guy named Xenex Do. And he has become my new best friend. He's my favorite person in the whole world right now. But his emails are so long, and the show is already so long, I'm going to cover them next time. Okay, Xenex, please don't come after me. Thank you, because you're probably really mellow about it, and you'd be mellow on roller skates. It would just be weird. Anyway, moving on. As I smoothly segue into the next review, I would like to play some transitional music. And what I am choosing to play is from a band called Chibo Motto. Some of, them, some of you might remember them from a certain episode of Buffy with Buffy Sexy Dancing with Xander. This is not that song. This is a song called Birthday Cake. Why? Because it's your birthday, Patrick. That's right, kids. It's my birthday. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the instruction. Now, of course, they're Japanese, so they're very hard to understand, but... When it's at the chorus where they're saying, shut up, shut up and eat, bad boy, no bon appetit, you'll know it. I need you to jump up and down. Not for the whole song, just whenever it's at the chorus. Just jump up and down to the beat. You can flail your arms if you want to. You can keep them at your side if you want to. But it is required that you jump up and down. Why? Because it's your birthday, Patrick. That's right, because it's my birthday. Now shut up and do it. Sweet. Yes, I'm cooking for my son and his wife. It's his 30th birthday. 
resume. In honor of my birthday, in case you hadn't figured out by now, this is the birthday show, or should I call it Bertha Palooza? I like Bertha Palooza. Special guest, what do you think? Use, use a mystery voice. What? What? Oh, Bertha Palooza is a great thing. Why is my voice so low and muffled? I don't know. You sound like you're calling from inside of your own butt. But anyway, shut up, not talking. Ah! <laughs> not talking, you haven't introduced yet. You're ruining everything. God damn it. See, I can't have nice things around here. Here to help me continue Bertha Palooza 2012 with a review of 1981's Bloody Birthday is the one, the only, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mr. Robert R. Best Silence. Hello. Silence and crickets. No, no, no. I meant to just go silent for a second so I could splice in music. We've already ruined. Let's just keep going. You ruin everything. (laughs) Fucking piece of shit. (laughs) This is the worst birthday ever. I'm glad I could be a part of it. I'm glad you could be too. (laughs) If you can't tell, I'm angry today. So there might be be a little more hostile than usual. That's why I brought Robert on to hopefully cushion the blow. I said blow. <laughs> That's dirty. And I said cushion. Anyway, uh, so we're talking about Bloody Birthday from 1981 eventually. So before we get talking to it, why don't we take a listen to the trailer? Everyone, here's where the trailer goes. <laughs> I'm going to park a trailer on you. If you don't... <laughs> I'm thoroughly amusing myself here. <laughs> Thank you. Bloody Birthday reeks of evil and brings your customers the ultimate in horrifying torture and bloody death. 1970, three children were born during a total eclipse of the sun. Now, ten years later, they share a terrible compulsion to kill, and no one can stop them. If they decide they don't like you, watch out. The children will stop at nothing to get a deadly murder weapon. And anyone can be their victim. No one is safe. Not even their families can escape. Bloody birthday. Children shouldn't play with sharp objects. 
ignorant babysitter and her little brother. And the teachers at school are so mean. No matter where you run, they'll find you. There's no escape. journey into the bazaar will you get out alive and we're back so uh bloody birthday what's it about robert it's about a birthday eventually they do have a party and there's bloody is it bloody well thanks for coming on the show robert it's been great having you so you've got these three kids who were all born on during an eclipse yes that somehow blocked saturn and saturn controls your emotions which means if you were born on that day you will grow up. Well, not even grow up. By the time you're about eight, you'll uh, kill everybody in the world. In the world with no remorse. Yes. Yes. So yeah, so that that's pretty much it. So it's <laughs> these little three little bastards wreaking havoc on this town all of a sudden around the the, the incident of their tenth birthday. That is pretty much it in a nutshell. So yes, <laughs> this movie was weird. Uh oh. It's weird on some like the plot is weird, the tone is weird, and yeah. it's 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 not bad, but it's not good. It's no. a weird kind of troll sort of way, like troll one sort of a way. Oh yes, yeah. Like there are scenes where you're like, this is pretty good, but in every scene, no matter how good it is, there's something off. Yeah. Like way off and just make, keeps you from going over the edge with it. And you're like, uh, what? Yeah. Even like normal dialogue scenes. You'll be like, uh huh, uh huh. What, what just happened? But uh, I, I chose this movie because everybody forced it down my throat. I did not really want to watch this, Robert. Ask me why. Why did you not want to watch it? Well, I'll tell you, Robert. Thank you so much for asking because I'd seen it already. I saw it on when it came out on VHS in 1986, which uh, even though the movie was made in 1981, it didn't get released for five years. So that's that's never a good sign. I thought I just had the date wrong, but. No, 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 no. Um, But I saw it and I remembered that I didn't like it at all. So I had no desire in seeing it again. In fact, on my Netflix, you know, where you can rate it, it had a one star. Wow. That's harsh. I'd and say it, it's a three. I'd say it's a three now. Yeah. I mean, it's got some camp value. Had I watched it with other people, it might have been even more fun. No, I'm not just. I'm just <laughs> I just, there's just so much absurd things that happen in this movie. Okay, so first of all, it opens up with these two teenagers, quote quote, doing it in a grave in the grave well they were starting in the graveyard but she's like I don't want to do it out here and he's like okay let's go do it in this open yes. grave and she's like okay yeah like you do yeah and while they're down there it's, this is actually pretty suspenseful it's your kind of s- typical slasher thing you know they hear the funny noises and she's like she's like no I hear something he's like there's nothing she's like no good looks she's like okay I'll go look so he sticks his head up and what happens a shovel in the face punk <laughs> yeah Dunk. And she's all like, ah, 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 next thing you know, what happens? Uh, I believe it was a jump rope around the throat. She gets garroted with a damn jump rope. And then what happens? 
Uh, don't remember. Maybe. I think the guy gets up and tries to save her, gets hit again. But yes, he does get hit again. But I was going for they get buried. Oh, that's right. Whoever's up, whoever's up there, starts filling in the open graves. And if you're expecting any sort of mystery about this, they don't hide. This is the only scene they hide who the killers are. You know, yeah. they immediately you find out. Yeah, it's these three kids. Yeah. Now, what do you think of the kids? I thought, well. Again, like you said, everything about this movie is really weird. They had kind of a weird vibe. They weren't really bad actors. No. It was almost like they were being directed strangely. Yeah, well, I think they were directed to be flat, which makes sense. Yeah. If they don't have their if they're not in touch with their emotions, they just have that fake thing that they put on. Like the girl was really good at that. Hi daddy, yeah. I love you. Yeah. And stuff. She was the best faker in the other Yeah. So there should be some disconnect. I hated them. This time watching it, I hated them so much, but in the right way. Yeah, so that's I good. wanted to see these fucking kids get the crap beat out of them. I'm like, I just <laughs> hate you guys so much. You're such arrogant little pricks. That prick with the glasses. Ah! <laughs> he had a huge oh, TV yeah, career. Yeah. He had a huge TV career. I recognize him from about everything. And so I was like, you little fuck, you had a huge career after this. Somebody beat the crap out of him being all smug with your glasses and your gun. Fuck yeah. you. It's a replica. But it, He says that at several points. What? It's a replica. Yes, he does say that. Um, but yeah, Laura was watching it with me, and she uh, looked up everyone involved. And yeah, he's actually gone on to do quite a bit. Well, he's got a whole family. His whole family is um, from acting. The only reason I know this is because I heard it on the Hysteria Lives podcast. Thank you, ah, Justin. Yes. I started watching that thanks to them, or watching that, yes. listening to that thanks to them calling into your show. That's why I love them. They're really great. Different that vibe a lot of from fun. the other horror, horror yeah. shows. Yeah. Yeah, but are we talking about them? Uh, Bloody no. Birthday. No, we're not. No, we're not talking about them. You have your own damn show to talk about yourselves, God damn it. Yeah, come on. Come on, guys. I mean, what the hell? Yes. So, now the star of this movie is 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 Lori Lefine, and she plays Joyce, which is a terrible name for a teenage character. That's true, but every adult woman named Joyce had to be a teen named Joyce at some point, right? I suppose. I suppose, and I suppose this was filmed in, you know, let's say 1979, so this is when Joyce DeWitt was at her pinnacle. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes, so. every teenage girl was like, I want to grow up and be Joyce DeWitt. Yeah. <laughs> I know I did. But, um, now, when they first, you know, she's an assistant teacher at the grade school, which was weird. But um, yeah, never seen this. I never seen an AD, an, uh, teacher, a TA at a grade school before. But okay, let's go with it. Let's go with it. And um, when you see her walking home, the first thing I thought when I saw her in her really high waisted jeans and mm-hmm. her little white brows and her little bob hair, I'm like. She's got a whole Laurie Strode thing going on right now. Yes, I, I got the same vibe. It's like they were really trying to make you think of well, ha- that, Halloween. That whole scene when her friend, uh, whatever her name was, Beverly, another terrible name for a teenage girl. Joyce Naked Beverly. Dancing Magoo. Yes, yes. When Julie Brown shows up <laughs> and joins her, the way the tracking shot is, the way they're talking to each other, it just completely recalls that scene in Halloween. Yeah. Where the, where the three girls are walking down the street. Yeah, to and, the point that it can't be an accident. No, it can't be, and I think it's okay. 
Yeah. I thought it was okay. I mean, they did it well. It wasn't a direct copy of the scene. If you're going to just yeah. give a, a vibe, that's fine. It's an homage. But man, she had that. She had those high waisted jeans, like jeans up to her tits, ladies and gentlemen. And she had this ruffle collar thing. Yeah. With a string bow <laughs> around her. It was so fucked up. I'm like, where, where, where are you going? You're already dressing like a Joyce Joyce. Yeah, it's true. Stop it now before it's too late. And it's really the only scene where you see her looking absolutely horrendous, but still. I didn't notice their clothes. I'm gay. I have to. Oh. I have to. Well, the Except for the skirt on the little girl. That was a little uncomfortable on it. That was, yeah, oh. the, the girl runs around in a little skirt that's really, really, really riding high. Like, it's, yeah, it it's like, center me. Like, if you, if you. You know, shifted the wrong way, the whole world would have been her gynecologist, which is really gross to say about yeah. a 10 year old. Yeah, exactly. That's, but I'm just I saying. don't know what that was about. If that was just a fashion choice of the time. I think or what, so. Yeah. I seem to remember skirts that short. I remember Marsha Brady wearing one that short. But the thing yeah. is, weird about this film, even though it's a 1980s film, it doesn't feel like one. It feels like 70, like 1975. Yeah, it also has kind of a TV mo- movie of the week vibe. Absolutely. That thing, I was going to, thank you for reminding me. She, there's, Really, nothing in the movie that could not be shown. Hold on, let me finish the thought. I know you're going to interrupt me. There's really nothing in the movie that could not be shown in a TV movie. Oh because wait, the, yeah, there the is. Violent, hold on, the violence <laughs> is so bad. There's no language. Nobody swears the whole movie. That's true. But then all of a sudden, you have these almost cutscenes of lots of nudity. Yeah. And 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 it, it, it's weird. It's just a weird feel. Like everything's like smurfy and clean. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, look at my big nipples. Man, that second girl, that <laughs> yeah. one girl had huge nipples. Do you think I was like, maybe, because you said it was filmed in 81. Do you think maybe it was, it was originally, it was supposed to be a TV movie. And then I after the know. slasher boom, I don't think so. It got recut. Maybe. I mean, they used a TV actor and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, when it first started, and it was in 1970, and they were showing the hospital, and the, the station wagon pulling up to the hospital, and the music, I was like, oh my god, yeah. this totally feels like a 1970s TV movie. And yeah. I was excited about it, but then the rest of the movie felt like it too. It was really strange. But it just adds to the whole strangeness of the movie. I kept looking at it going, when are we? Yeah. <laughs> when is this? So when I got this on the sh- off the shelf in 1986, I'm sure that was off-putting. Mm-hmm. This is not a new movie. But this, there's a lot of creepy things that go on in this film, like really unsettling as yeah. to, as, a, as a viewer. Because you mentioned you mentioned dancing tits Magoo. Yes. Are filming on that? With um, okay, so the evil sister, you know, the little girl, little girl, um, basically collects seems like quarters or nickels or something to allow all of her little friends to watch her sister dance nude through this giant hole in the wall <laughs> that somehow her sister never sees. It's a pretty giant hole in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and then she looks down at her ill-gotten gains like, yeah, I got 75 cents, she says with this maniacal she grin. <laughs> I got 75 cents. Yeah. And the thing is, later on, when the sister finds out that everybody's been spying, yeah, everybody's she's just like, "Oh, I'm like, I would have been pissed off that I only got yeah. I was only worth a quarter." <laughs> Fucking yeah. kidding me? Yes. Even taking you know inflation into account, that doesn't <laughs> not add up properly at all. It's not a yeah. peep show, ladies and gentlemen. It ain't Times Square. No. Um, 
But yeah, there was those scenes with the kids and sexuality directly related. Very uncomfortable to watch. Exactly, yeah. Ten-year-old boys ogling Julie Brown dancing naked for quite some time. Mm Mm-hmm. And she gets picked on a lot for that scene. Everyone's like, oh my God, she's butt-ass naked the whole movie. She does? Yeah. Every time I hear the movie brought up, and even on the Hysteria Liz podcast, which we're not talking about, they you know said they was introduced as Julie Brown dancing tit-ass naked in the whole movie. Every scene. I'm like, one scene. Yeah. And and people, and even the Hysteria podcast, not to bust on them, they said, you know, everybody dances around their room naked with a fair of the boa. And I said, well. Okay, wait. Wait a second. Are you, see, I didn't do any research on this, and I no. barely read the credits. Yeah. Is that actually Jewel? Jewel? Yeah, Lee Brown, the singer, comedian yes. lady. Yes. Oh my God, that's I had her. No idea. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch again. I like a big and stupid. Yeah. And homecoming, he's got a gun. That's the best one ever. See, at first I thought you were just making a joke that she kind of looked like. No, her. it I is really Julie Brown, you idiot. Yeah, no idea, everyone. You weren't tipped off when Julie Brown went by in the credits. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention at that point. Anyway, so, I mean, she takes she takes a lot of guff for it. And, you know, especially like, oh, it's so stupid. She's dancing around like an idiot in her in her bedroom. So you never did that? Well, I you never, never did. did. You never, you're never bopping along. Maybe not naked, but you never just bugging around the oh, house. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 stupid about that at all. I never and looked in the mirror like, yeah, check out my stuff. No. Liar. <laughs> I'll ask Laura about that. Comes this is coming from the man who writes songs about his own butt. That's true. I do. I'm gonna have an album. My album drops this. It's fall. it's, an, it's right, right now. It's an opera of Wagnerian length. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's better than Spider Man. Well, everything's better than Spider Man, sweetheart. Um, yeah, but then there's the other scene. This this when the movie got really creepy for me. They they all kind of have their the girl seems to be the brains. Yeah, the she is. The blonde kid seems to be the the brawn. Mm-hmm. And then there's the kid with the glasses who just seems to be the loose cannon. Yeah, he likes guns and fiddling with security systems. Yeah, yeah. But there was a point where he's he's walking around the neighborhood with his gun, spying on people in their yards. Uh-huh. And I was like, he's trolling. Mm-hmm. He's trolling the neighborhood for somebody to kill. That is so creepy. Yeah. And then the scene where he actually kills these this lovemaking couple, lovemaking couple in a car. What? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and he's got this big grin on his face, like yeah. That's it's really great. disturbing because he's watching yeah. them for a while. Yeah. And again, it's just, well, it also had a big Son of Sam vibe. Mm, yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, because if it was made in 1979, it should. Mm-hmm. They knew what they were doing, but again, all of a sudden, it's like, and we're naked. Mm-hmm. And this was the girl with the humongous nipples. Yes, yeah, she the, did. She like right. nipples the size of your head. <laughs> and I stop. I made me stop and give pause. I'm like, I've never seen guys <laughs> with nipples that huge before. But then again, I guess ours aren't functional. Well, you know what? I mean, not that I've made a practice of looking at male nipples, but you're uh-huh. right. I've never seen that. Thank you. What's the deal with so, that? So, male listeners, if you have gigantic nipples, we'd like to know. Send a picture yeah. to crew at screenwings.com. <laughs> yeah. We'll have a whole special male nipple. And now I'm Dr. Oz. They'll put up an album on Flickr. <laughs> Match the nipple to the listener. Yeah, and you get to see some taint. 
Taken. All of a sudden, there's schlong and taints. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I was getting annoyed because all the all the couples that got killed in it, yeah, they all looked the same. There's a blonde girl, curly brown haired guy, and then Charlie Brown's boyfriend showed up. I'm like, isn't that the guy who just got shot in the van? It was really weird. Yeah, <laughs> adds to the weirdness. But the thing is, like, I really like the heroine in this, Lori Lefine. I like her as an actress. I've seen her other things, but. Mm-hmm. Her character would just do stupid things. It's not her fault. It's the script. Yeah. Did you like her yellow headphones? What? Did you like her yellow headphones? Oh, you mean when she's like, she's studying at the table? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, just in, just in general, the two scenes that they're in, I'm like, those are amazing. Yes. Those are amazing. They don't make headphones like that anymore. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because they don't break. Like today's headphones yeah. last about three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she's got these tremendous earphones on and it's really weird at the end she's supposed to be babysitting a little girl whose father has been murdered and sister has been murdered and buried and is in mourning her mother's going out to some yeah. I don't know where and so they ask her to babysit and you mm-hmm. know everybody knows these murders are going on and she's like babysitting a child in a house where two people have been killed and she puts on these gigantic headphones <laughs> so that she can't hear it's <laughs> true yeah you're right um the other thing I thought was the other the time frame in this movie was weird because they said that at the beginning the the kids asked the teacher next Monday is our birthday so can you give the kids no homework so everybody can come to the party and have a good time and the teacher's like fuck you yeah <laughs> so it's next week the party's next week two people in their family were murdered and were able to get buried you know you're that right amount of time it was like the fastest the funeral service ever because the party happens in like the third act right yeah. Yeah. Wow. You're right. And what was funny too, what I noticed because I went back, everybody's in the same position at the second funeral wearing the same outfits. I'm like, uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't notice that, but yeah. Well, I noticed clothes. Um, Speaking of the teacher, she had a really weird vibe. She looked like, she looked like, now maybe this says more about me, but she, I kept expecting a porno to break out with her. Like at any second, she was going to take off her glasses, put her hair down, and. Why, Miss Yakamoto, you're beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is, she is Susan Strasberg. Susan Strasberg is a legendary acting coach. Hmm. You know, inside the actor's studio, her husband yeah. founded it, the actor's studio, oh, Lee Strasberg. Yeah, so to see her in this was odd, and to see her be so bad in this was even weirder. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what to make of any of it. So whenever you meet her, only ask her about this. I think she's dead, sweetheart. Ah, well, whenever you dig her up and prop her up in a chair and talk to her because you're weird and you do stuff like that. I would never. Be sure and ask her that. I would never. That's weird. That's just unsanitary. Yes, you're right. I apologize to everyone. Uh, What other stupid things were there? I watched. What's in your notes? Oh, my notes. I closed them. Why did you close your notes? We're talking here. We're doing business. It started roboting a bit too much. Oh. So let's see. Um, We got the kids. We got the weird little girl in her odd little skirt. We got the quarters. We got the giant hole. Again, I want to talk about the giant hole. Because later on in the movie, the little girl's like, I'm going to kill Julie Brown, who I just found out that's who that is. Yes. With a bow and arrow through this gigantic hole. And she's pointing the arrow through the hole. And uh-huh. the sister like gets down and looks really close like, what's that? Like, 
you know, well past her eye, like her eyebrow and the bottom part of her cheek is showing through this giant yeah. <laughs> and she can't see what's going on. You're like, right. And then the arrow will thunk like she never Well, saw the that. thing is if that in that scene, okay, I can get away with shooting somebody in the eye with an arrow who is that close. But later on, those kids are fucking like Bronco Billy in the finale where they're shooting the arrows. <laughs> how, are you, how are you getting them to go around the room? Then again, if the <laughs> hole is huge, if you can basically stick your head through the hole, yeah. it shouldn't be a problem. Um, the kids also seem to be really inconsistent in their plans uh, for offing people. Like In the scene, like they kill the little girl's dad, the sheriff. Yes. Basically by beating him to death with a ba- baseball bat. Uh-huh. And then and passing like, it off as an accident. Yeah. Immediately yes. after that, their plan to kill the little brother of Laurie Strode, who's not actually Laurie Strode, is to li- lightly latch him inside of a freezer. Yes. And then just leave him. There's a real inconsistency in their plotting. Because we just saw previously that they're perfectly willing to just straight up beat <laughs> someone to death. Yes, you're right. You're right. But I guess and well, first of all, if we go back to the beating of the sheriff, yeah, you know they they tricked him like they 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 put a skateboard out, on, right. and he fell to... on it, and then it was supposed to look like an accident. Yeah, and it was. Everyone's like, "Oh, he died in a tragic fall." I'm like, "Okay, his he was hit like twelve times with the baseball bat." <laughs> well, when the skateboard. <laughs> it wasn't like he fell down a marble staircase, you know, boom, boom. No, it was. <laughs> you know. He stepped on the skateboard and bounced on the same step like so, five times. So locking the kid in the freezer, I think, was also just supposed to look like an accident. That happened all the time in the 70s. Oh, yeah, it did. All the time until they started made, made that law that when the fridges go in this junkyard, yeah. you got to take the door off. Why did they focus on the brother, by the way? I never really understood that. I understand why they killed the dad. Because he was sort of an authority figure, and he was and he investigating had a gun. the killing of the previous one. Yeah, and he, he had a gun. gun. Yeah, but why the brother? I don't, I don't know. know. They just made up their mind. Yeah, at the at the funeral, no less too. In this kind of neat silent scene, mm-hmm. the girls crying, pretending to cry, and then all of a sudden, there's this silent look that goes between the three of them. You know, she looks at the the brother, looks at the other two, and they're both like, they're all like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's get that guy. Yeah. That is another – see, there is lots of really good little acting moments between these kids, and then other times they're so – not even flat, just weird. Yes. I'm yes, thinking sir. of Julie Brown's boobs. They were, they were nice and upturned. I'm distracted. I understand. I understand. I'll try to reopen my notes and see if it doesn't kill Skype. You are going to have to edit the crap out of this. I always do, Val. <laughs> we can always just say that we're drunk. Mm, somewhat. Not too bad. It's three o'clock, pig. <laughs> no, it's not. It's two where I am. A <laughs> uh, uh, bloody birthday. Let's see if we cyborg out here. Uh, teacher in the porno. Yes, because I noticed that. Well, it's the you know she did have the bun and the glasses. That would that would do it. Yeah. The again, okay, for some reason, even though they want to kill the brother, the slightest thing will stop them or thwart them. Like immediately again, after they shoot the teacher with a freaking gun. Yes. 
the second attempt to kill the brother is to push him off the um oh off the treehouse the treehouse uh-huh. and she's thwarted just by the fact that the phone rings for some reason that makes her stop yes they're oddly inconsistent <laughs> well you know, she was working solo Maybe it was for her. She didn't want somebody leaning now. Honey, come on in. Oh! <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I got That's no true. justification for lots of these things. Because also, when the kid gets let out of the freezer, mm-hmm. there's that weird scene with him and his sister where she, he's trying to tell oh, her, oh, yeah. I got locked in the freezer. And he and she's just like, oh, come on. She's like, that's well, not true. She's like, that's not true because what would you what would you have been doing in the junkyard at night? But she's standing in front of the window when the sun is out. I'm like, why yeah. would you shoot her like this? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> why would you do this? It's just <laughs> so embarrassing to watch this actor have to deliver this line about being out at night. But she just refuses to believe him, despite the fact that three, four, five people have been murdered in town already. Yeah, and he gives up on that story awfully quickly too. Really She's does. like, "Now, what did you really do?" And it's yeah, like, well, then, I was yeah, over I was, there. Playing. I was looking at titties. Yeah, that's titties. Very, that's what he tells her. But yeah, it's like if you were locked in a freezer, wouldn't you be a little more insistent? Yes, on making people believe yes, you. He was not in there for ten minutes. He was in there for quite some time. He yeah. could have died. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, she is kind of oddly mean to the brother. There's a well, no, not her. I just think bitch in general. Where, where they're doing something and they put like a fake sign on the door. She's like, "I'm off playing at so and so's." Yes, and she just gets to the door and says, "Oh, he can't even keep his promise for one day." Uh huh. It was he has a play in the junkyard again. Not yeah. the girl's handwriting. Yeah, it's not even his handwriting. Through the horoscope and see if there were any eclipses that blocked Scorpio. I wonder if there was one in 1980. And track down everyone who was born during those few hours. And yes, you'll. I don't know. Put a tracker on him or something. Do something. Do something. Stop this. But you know what's odd about this movie, too? Is that the birthday party was the least bloody part. You know that. Nothing happens at the birthday party. There isn't even any killing at all. Yeah. No, there's a huge buildup to the birthday party, and then nothing happens there. Mm-hmm. Although that's a great scene because what happens is that there's all these cakes that have to go out because the whole fucking town comes out for these three because they're so awesome. Yeah. Um, so one cake goes out, but the guy, the kid with the glasses is in that's the kitchen. Glasses. He finds a bottle of rat poison. He's like, hmm. hmm. <laughs> but instead of putting it in there, he makes it look like he put it in there so that the, te- the, the sister will see him and that everyone will think she's crazy. Yeah. So they can go and do whatever they want again. So it's just. But yeah, that scene actually, I mean, it is kind of tense. You're sitting there waiting. It's like, are we about to see the wholesale just slaughter of kids here? Yes. With all these kids drop dead. But yeah, it never happens. No, it didn't happen. But then the finale came and it was oddly satisfying despite the fact, spoiler, these kids don't get, you know, yeah, no. killed. She stops them. Like there's that, still that point, in her, point uh, you know, that, that view in her head that these are just kids. I can't kill them. So I'll just dis, you know disable them, but just you know slow them down or whatever. Yeah, is that scene initially? There's a scene where one of the kids comes in, the, the, you know, breaks the door into the bedroom where she's hiding, and there's a huge fishbowl there with water mm-hmm. in it. And instead of hitting him with the giant fishbowl, she ch- throws the water at him. Yeah. And initially, I was like, "You dick!" And I'm like, "Okay, I get it. I get it. It's a kid." Yeah, it's almost like there was this weird kind of social, not commentary, but like the movie was trying to bring up deeper issues than it was almost capable of handling. 
Yes. Because it would bring it up and then drop it. And drop it. Yes. Stuff like that. And the fact that, you know, if you want to go full on spoilers, you know, the little girl at the end Uh has basically convinced her mom that, you know, none of that was her fault and that she's going to be a good girl now. And she's changed her name and they're going to go on the run. Uh Uh-huh. And so again, there's can't like even get little, out of the damn parking lot of the motel without killing somebody. <laughs> without killing somebody, yeah, that's true. Well, what is also I I don't mind this, but I think it's curious and interesting in a movie like this. They never bring up how they started this. When did this start? How did the three right. of them get together on this? Yeah, I don't care. I don't I don't need to know. But I just thought it was interesting that normally in this kind of a movie there'd be all this. Oh, we're just seeing the beginning of this. It's like it's because they're turning ten. Yeah, you're or right. Cosmic shit. It's just so we have no idea how long it's been going on, how they mm-hmm. all figured out they were each doing it, or maybe they have some psychic link, or maybe I don't know. Maybe there have to be a prequel. Everyone, get on there and make a prequel to um. Yes. Bloody birthday. Bloody birthday prequel project. To, Untitled bloody bloody birthday. birthday to the bloodening. Yes. The birthening. In which they're like they're infants and they're crawling around and they're knocking people off stairs. No, oh, that movie's been done. I guess it has, yeah. Yes. Anyway, it was called Baby G- Geniuses <laughs> 2. Yeah, yes, it was. Oh, God. <laughs> fuck you for bringing that up on my show. How dare you? Um, all right. I think we've kicked Bloody Birthday. Again, it's it almost sounds sounds like it's bad, but it's really not. Like, if you like it's not. The- it's, you're right. Sorry, it, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, that's so. If you like that kind of weird '70s slash '80s vibe, where everything's kind of off and strange, and you're wondering just how the hell did this get made? If you're like me and you actually enjoy that, this movie is worthwhile. Yeah, I agree. I think looking back on it, I think I didn't like it when I was 16 because it wasn't gory. <laughs> yeah. I probably was looking for the gore, and there's really none. Well, even the cover is like on a birthday cake with a bloody knife in it. It's- yes, I'm also looking at this alternative poster, which is also very interesting. It's got four kids on it. Why? I don't know. Hmm. But they're standing there with all creepy Village of the Damned looking eyes. And there's a girl upside down with candles coming out of her boobs. Birthday candles coming out of her <laughs> boobs. And she's screaming. It's like they didn't know how to market this. Well, well, I well, mean, really- it's going to be a hard sell. Killer, This kind of killer kid movie? Yeah. Well, and also they wanted it. They wanted to market it as a straight up slasher, yeah, because that's what was huge at the time. But it's really not. It's not at all. It's not a mystery either. No, it's. I don't know what it is. It's a thriller, I suppose. But it borderlines on comedy sometimes, and I just uh huh. It's a hard sell of a movie because yeah, people are like oh well, there's a tradition where like with the omen and the bad seed, and I'm like yeah, but this is not that. Yeah, no, this is not that. That had <laughs> I just. <laughs> There was something else around both of those movies that this this mm-hmm. maybe a script <laughs> dialogue that wasn't laughable. Yeah, but the morality of this film is odd. It is. Well, again, are they trying to make a point? Like you know, when should we stop them? But it yes. doesn't really know how to handle that. No, no. So it just kind of brings it up and then just leaves it there. Yes. Move moves on. Mm-hmm. I still wanted to see them get the crap beaten out of them. I didn't necessarily need to see them kill, but I wanted to see them get the crap beaten out of them, but they didn't. Especially yeah. her. Yeah. She was the sneaky one. I don't know. She was bad girl. She's bad. She's bad. And her vagina was going to fall out at any second. Whoa, Patrick. Whoa. It was. I'm deeply offended. 
It was. We already talked about it. You weren't offended 10 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. then, but since then, you've been distracted by Julie Brown's. Well, I Harry have Hicks. now said I'm replaying all, all, all that in my head. Mm. And I'm going back to a teenage me and telling him, you just saw Julie Brown's boobs and you didn't even know it. Oh, my goodness. I did it for Johnny. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> that wasn't the but who's Johnny? Answer me, Debbie. Who's Johnny? <laughs> there was one guy named Johnny, but he was a total geek. He always had food in his braces. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow. You remember a lot of that. I love that song. Yeah. I loved it. And if you don't know what we're talking about, fuck you. You know yeah. why I say fuck you? I said fuck you. It's my birthday. I said fuck you. It's my birthday. This is a segue. He's going to start playing a birthday song now. And I've played about eight. Out. I've played about eight right now. So, by this point, yeah. Unless you change your plans. No, 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 no. Play nothing, nothing <laughs> but classical. <laughs> it's, it's the weird classy episode of Scream Queens. Here's Japanese flute music. Enjoy. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> you okay. are going to have to edit the crap I know, I know, this is so bad. <laughs> This is so bad. I'm on such a tight deadline because I've got class and I'm taking this horror. I mean, I've got I got a show tonight and I'm taking a horror movie class with a I mean a, a class with a horror movie act, uh, casting director. Oh wow! So it's lots of stress right now. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. It's good stress. It's good to be mangling stress, but I'm a little off too. I don't know what my deal is. I think it's the weather. I blame the weather. Up yours, nature. God damn you and your spores and kind your of pollens. God. Stop. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, there's that, uh, trilogy thing of yours. Yes. You yeah. know, well, wait, wait, for people who haven't been listening, Robert R. Best, as much as they make fun of him, is in the process of finishing a, a zombie trilogy, um, which began with Lakewood Memorial, moved on to Aston Memorial, and now is, is going to conclude shortly with World Memorial. And so far, these books are. Excellent, Robert. Aw, oh, thank you. You are very welcome, and that is a completely honest, unbiased review. In fact, you know, it's not like, oh, I like Robert. I'm going to give him a good review. Actually, I hated Robert. Oh, I hate Robert. So and so. Yeah, he does. Actually, I didn't really know you before I read the book. So. So that's good. See, so you were unbiased. I was unbiased, and I hate zombies. I'm over. Oh, there zombies. you go. So the fact that I gave this book a good review, the series a good review at all, is amazing. And so if you're not we, running to Amazon or Smashwords.com, because you are in Smashwords, aren't you? Lakewood is. Actually, I think both of them are, yes. Okay. Lakewood and National is on Smashwords. Nothing just happened with Lakewood. Which this, is, for those who don't know. No, no you what? finish. It's your product. You finish. Oh, sorry. That's like a site where you can get ebooks in more than just like the Kindle format. You can get it pretty much in any format you need. You can get it from oh, Smith. So. I see. Well, um... And then something just happened with Lakewood that's available as a Oh, that's right. Cereal? I am terrible at pimping myself today. Yes, I've put up Lakewood as a free weekly blog. So if people want to read the first part of the series in preparation for part two, which is already out, and part three, which is coming, it's it's done. It's just moving through the editing pipeline now. Um, 
you can go to lakewoodmemorial.blogspot.com and every week a new chapter will be uploaded and you can read along with your Google reader or whatever. And, you know, follow the first book and if you like it, you can buy the whole thing and you can buy the sequels when they're both out. So there you go. Okay, so there you go. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, thank you for coming and sharing my birthday with me, Robert. Best be sure to take a piece of the cake on the way out. Birthday, the cake. It's cake. got bloody candles all over it and naked. No, that's lady. the one with the rat poison in with it. Huge. No, nipples. no, no. You want the I want the want the one that the cookie puss from Carvel. Oh, okay. Get out. Get puss. off my show. <laughs> oh my god, you don't have cookie puss by you? No. You don't have Carvel. You don't have Carvel ice cream. No. Oh, okay. Well, I'll send you a cookie post. Thing. You see, you don't know who Fudgy the Whale is either. No, that sounds weird and dirty. <laughs> that sounds like someone you do not want to visit. No, there's this ice cream chain here, and they're, they're, they have these ice cream cakes. They were doing them before they were cool, so they're really basic. And they have these ver- varieties of the same cake, basically. It's this kind of... Um, it's like a vase-shaped cake, and they use it for everything. You know, it's got a round end, and then kind of tapers off, and or tree, if you would, like a crude tree. And so, at certain times, it will be Fudgy the Whale, or it'll be Cookie Puss. Oh, I see. They okay. put a cook with a drawn alien on it. It's supposed to be this alien that comes from space and to give us ice cream, and has like a ice cream cone for a nose or some shit. Mm-hmm. And it's this, they're awful commercials. They're just, it's the same fucking cake. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Turkey. It's the Father's Day tie. And <laughs> the guy who does the commercials, he's got a voice like this. Hi, this is Tom from Carvel. Come, oh, was... come in and get your cookie puss in time for Father's Day. Or even better, when it was St. Patrick's Day. And be sure to try our new friend, Cookie Opus. Same fucking <laughs> cake, same fucking alien, but now it's green. <laughs> Uh, there was one thing. Speaking of voices, the I Boys did a it. song about Cookie Puss. For God's sake, I have no idea. Well, you, 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 you play weird crap all the time, and I don't know what's going on. I just who knows what that is. That's I live in weird. a hole. That's something weird you found on the internet. I don't know. Speaking, even though we're technically done. Speaking of voices, there was one other thing I wanted to bring up. Yes, you never see Lori Cardell's parents or Joyce. Joyce. That's parents. what I wanted to bring up too. Well, you, know, you see Joyce's parents. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Joyce's parents. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too because they're away. And mm-hmm. at some point, they're like, "Well, should we tell them what's going on?" The brother says, "Should we tell them what's going on?" She's like, "No, let's not tell them because yeah. you know, dad." Why ruin their vacation? 99 people are dead. The neighbors are dead. Yes. <laughs> and everybody who are probably friends of theirs, they need to know. And when they have the dad on the phone, his voice is weird. It sounds like he's in the witness protection pro- program Me, or really? something. Like, like he sounded like you did at the top of the show? Yeah, like he sounds like uh-huh. he, he sounds like they didn't really have anyone to do a deep man voice so they just had someone else from the cast like one of the kids or something just hello so i'm someone hard. you've never heard from before <laughs> are you sure you're okay honey yeah dad i'm fine okay then me and your mother love you very much that's what he sounds like it's yeah. weird it's like they took a normal voice and pitched it down mm-hmm. and if any of the neighbors get murdered you can handle that right <laughs> Yes, We're having a very busy time here in Cocoa Beach. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
someone read the script and noticed there weren't any parents, so we hastily wrote these scenes in to explain it. Well, it was... Okay, it was, Dad, thank was, you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, let's get done with this. Let's end this monstrosity. Okay. Take a piece of cake, grab some champagne. Yes. Don't Woo. touch the fucking tiara, and get uh, out of my life, Robert, our best. I love you. All right. Love you too, Patrick. Give me a kiss. Ew, you're gay. From Carvel. I'm here with my good buddy, Cookie O. Puss. We want to help you celebrate. That's right, Cookie Puss. We want everyone to know that we're made at participating Carvel stores with America's precious ice cream. The families who own Carvel ice cream stores would love to make a St. Patrick's Day cake for you and yours. Or any day that you want America's freshest ice cream, please visit them. Thank you. Got this one figured out. That guy from Unhappy Birthday, the third part of that love triangle, was named Johnny. Johnny Boombawani. That's the Johnny. Oh my god! That's how all these movies tie together. I'm so tired. There, Patrick Gutt, aka Sater69 of the Sater Sphere Podcast. Hi, sweetheart. I'm just calling to wish you a happy birthday. No. Happy, happy, happy birthday, you <laughs> silly, silly man. Oh. Thank you for all the great podcasts, and I hope you have the bestest of all birthdays. All right, love you. Bye bye. Oh. Thank you, Scott, from the Satyr Sphere. That was very sweet of you. Um, yes, Scott is the host of the Satyr Sphere Podcast, which, if you like hockey or gaming, or musical theater, or sexy gay guys, and adorable hosts, this is a good show for you. So, um, well, maybe not all those things to get, you know, if you like anyone, any of the combination, just go, go check out Scott. He's a nice person. He's a very nice person, even though he didn't serenade me. Mr. Musical Theater actor did not even serenade me on my birthday, but that's okay. That's okay. There are other ways to make music. <laughs> Hey, Patrick, it's Zombart. Oh, my God, it's Zombart. A month or two off, and I get a whole new uh, outgoing message from you on your voicemail. Awesome. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to call because, A, it's your birthday. B, I wanted to thank you for the kind words you said about me about two shows ago. Mm -hmm. Um, 
yes, I am looking a slim queen, uh, slim trim, and whatever. Patricia Quinn, since I'm a Rocky Horror person. Um, oh, okay. But, uh, you know, less okay. <laughs> drunken piratey uh, in my everyday attire. Um, but I wanted to uh, let you know uh, a little bit about what's been going on, because I have an absent. I have yes. been paying attention. I've been listening. I've just, Good. I've just been really busy. And part of it is um, shame, shameless self-promotion. <laughs> uh, it looks like my friend Eudora Sprinkles and I are both... We will soon be kicking off our very own podcast. Oh, fantastic. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, we were talking to the guys at Horror Hound about it. We had been tossing around the idea for a while, and we're like, what's the one market that there's too much of everything already? And we said, hey, podcasting. Yes. So don't worry. It's not going to be a horror podcast. It's not going to be a uh, a gay rights podcast. It's going to be a little bit of everything podcast. Um, it's not out quite yet we recorded five episodes oh and my. we're currently editing and putting in music and sound effects and all the good stuff we still have no pattern to the show or what we're going to do and i think all we really have is the name and the name is going to be monkey mass radio oh. so we're going to be the okay. two monkeys and it'll be great and we basically so far everything has just been kind of rambling conversations about life Really? Things that are going That's on shot. so far. And, you know, it's interesting if you care about us. If it's not, you probably won't care at all. But I think we're funny sometimes. Um, so, yeah, if you're looking for that, and just for shits and giggles, I'm going to throw out a quick movie review with no spoilers at all. Yes. Because 99% of your audience hasn't seen this yet. Um, we attended the uh, Devil's Carnival. And I know I had mentioned oh, yeah. it to you, and you said you weren't a fan of Repo. No. Uh, you couldn't get through Repo. No. Let me tell you, you would not get through this. Um, okay, good. Devil's Carnival is the latest from the Repo the Generic Opera team, and it's a very mixed bag. And the, the problem I have with it um, is I don't believe there's a story. I don't believe there's a plot. I think that it was supposed to have one. But it was so poorly done by, I want to blame this all on uh, Bowsman, the uh, director, Darren Bowsman, who did uh, Saw 2, 3, and 4 and the new uh, Mother's Day mm -hmm. uh, remake. Yes. Um, yeah. Because the guy who writes these things, uh, Terry. <laughs> well. What better way to say welcome back to Zombart than to <laughs> buzz you off when you go overtime? Okay, I see you called right back, so let's listen to what you got to say. Okay, so you shortened that. That was no <laughs> way the same length that that used to be. You made, you made it shorter, so you're going to be cutting off people a lot more, a lot more, and all those things. But that's fine. I will continue my Devil's Carnival review because I know the people want to know. Oh, sure. As I was saying, the problem is Darren Bowsman. It is not uh, Terrence Zudinich or Zudinich. Uh, I, don't know. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Me neither. Um, Yay! Terrence is one of my. I guess he's a friend. Um, he's one of those uh, convention friends. And so I met him at like ten conventions, and we talk, and he knows me by sight and name and all that. Mm -hmm. Um. And he basically has great ideas. I love his music. I really do. This music in this movie is much more pirate shanty type circus carnival stuff, which makes pirate sense. Shanty? The theme. 
Uh, it's not Ooh. industrial. They didn't do industrial circus music. Okay. So it's completely music, musically different than Repo, but it has kind of the same melodic structure. So it sounds oddly familiar. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I like the songs, and I went into this movie at the Baltimore premiere, and oh, wow. it's a good thing I knew the songs ahead of time because it was played so damn loud at this theater, uh, you couldn't make the songs out, and I your ears that. were bleeding, and everything sucked, because everything Yay. was distorted and loud, and I have no idea why they would allow their movie to perform like this. This that's is on really um, the road tour that's going around. Well, um, sometimes you but, can't... Yeah, well, but the road tour is... They're stupid. Okay. We'll step back two paces, and now six, six step forward, five steps back. Okay, so, they're going around, they're, filming, they're doing the tour like Repo, and what they did was you show up, there's a little costume contest. Uh, one of the local burlesque dancers did a little striptease, Wednesday Ooh. Adam striptease. Ooh. And she was Wednesday Adam in character. It was interesting. Uh, I was too far away to see if it was hot. It was interesting. Uh, then they showed about 20 minutes behind the scene repo stuff. And eh, it, it really wasn't anything to write home about. It was stuff that is like someone carrying a camera around and just saying, how are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm doing fine. So unless you're a super, super repo junkie, you, you're not missing anything. It's not deleted scenes. It's just kind of someone wandering around backstage with a camera. Uh-huh, um, okay. But, yeah, then the movie started, yeah. and there's no plot. It's basically, I see it as a cabaret. It goes from one musical number to the next musical number and has the entire musical number performed, and whether you like that, section or not depends if you like the musical number and how it's performed and okay. it, uh, I don't know lots of them I was kind of bored huh? I like well, the songs go. but visually I needed more I need something else to look at not to say the songs of them aren't great but they're well Zombart it, it's good to know that you haven't changed much in the time that you're away wow buzz twice in one show Yowza. And, uh, yeah, uh, well, I don't know actually what Brad did to the voicemail system. Um, some of you know, I was having, some of you were trying to get in for, uh, get something through to me for a long time, and there's been problems with the system. So Brad had to rebuild it from the ground up. So, yes, that's why there's a new outgoing message. And I guess the time has to be reset, or maybe it shouldn't be reset. Maybe three minutes is the new five. I don't know. Either way, you went a minute over anyhow. You would have gotten buzzed today, regardless. But yeah, sorry, Devil's Carnival was kind of a bust, you know, of you know, sucking and of your eardrums. But um, thanks for warning everybody. At least we kind of know what to expect. I had a feeling about it since, like I said, I loathed Repo, and I went in expecting to love it. So ah, there you go. Um, what else did I need to say? Uh, oh, good luck with your podcast. Yes. Yeah, so if you want more of Zombart, Zombart Unleashed, weirdness. <laughs> in a format where he cannot be cut off. You keep an eye out for that show, and I will get uh, you to send me a link when it's ready to go, and I will pimp your shit out. Because that's what friends are for. Thanks for calling in, Zombart. Welcome back. Hey, Patrick. It's Michelle in Nashville. Uh, we Michelle. Hello. Um, uh, happy birthday, you and Yay! Brad. And Thank about you. the movies. Unhappy birthday, 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 yeah, your birthday, everybody's mm-hmm. birthday, your birthday, bloody birthday, whatever. Bloody birthday, um, amazing, only because dead, dying, evil, bastard children, they're, they're always great. Yes. Um, 
Plus, it had Just Say Julie from MTV's Just Say Julie. It certainly I'm did. the only one who remembers that. And mm-hmm. Unhappy Birthday? Gross. <laughs> the end. Gross. I don't want to see... But first of all, the girl... What year is what what year is it in? Is it I in know. the eighties? I know because she has the most obnoxious outfit. I know and makeup. I know and her boyfriend's gay, not gay. She has a baby with a gay guy. I don't understand, and I don't want to see them have a threesome ever. <laughs> I don't want to see my best gay friend, who's super attractive, have a threesome with anybody. <laughs> so why would I want to watch three unattractive British people have a threesome? Oh, what is up so bad. These weird cottages. In Britain, where it's like, oh, it's in the middle of a lake, and sometimes it's not in the middle of a lake. I don't know. The tide comes in, it's in the middle of a lake. I, I don't, don't know. understand. Britain's weird. <laughs> Anywho, just want to say hello, and have a great birthday again. And next time I call, I'll give you an interesting story about my 911 job. Oh, tales from 911. Yeah. Okay. Love you. Love you Bye-bye. back. Oh, Michelle, my love, what a funny, funny call, even though I think he just started a war with with Britain, which would be... A... <laughs> if our British listeners are any indication, they're fucked. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't disagree with anything you said. Anything at all. And I love Julie Brown. I guess she likes them big and stupid. Good stuff. But, um, and unhappy birthday. I agree with everything you said as well. I didn't get her outfit. I've talked about that already. And, and, although I didn't think the guys were unattractive, she was a respectable 35 year old woman. I thought they just made her look ridiculous. Um, but <laughs> I didn't mention there was that scene where the two guys went into the neighborhood pub. And her boyfriend was wearing that sweater with the gigantic, with the red sweater with the big yellow star on the middle of it. And I was like, girl, girl, flame on, Johnny Torch, because you are not in the Avengers movie. I, what super, what gay superhero are you supposed to be right now? And actually, no, no gay superhero would be wearing a sweater. Especially not one that looks that it looks like okay. My mother shops at QVC a lot, and there's a brand on QVC, which is for those of you who don't know, it's a shopping channel on TV. She 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 particularly likes these sweaters from a, a company called Quacker Factory. Now the owner of it just died. She was a very much of a character of a woman, very nice lady, but um, they have a very distinctive look. Like, they might actually have a big star on them that you would wear to a pub and get pissed on because of it. But, um, here's the thing with Quacker Factory. Since it has this distinctive look, she would always tell people, now, if you ever see anybody wearing another sweater, they're in the Quacker Club. And give them the the Quacker Club secret greeting. Which my mother would do. I will never forget the day I was in the mall with her, going shopping, and she all of a sudden sees some woman, she goes, oh, 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 and like sprinted across the mall, the mall, the woman with the broken hip, sprinted across the mall, and taps this woman on the shoulder, complete stranger, puts her fingers in her armpits, flaps her arms like a duck, and goes, quackers, quackers, quack, 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 I'm 
horrified. I think my mother has lost her mind. But then the mo- the other woman, her face just lights up. She sticks her thumbs in her armpits, flaps her arms like a duck, and goes, quackers, quackers, quack, quack, quack. And I stood there like, what? Did somebody slip acid in my orange juice again, Mom? Because I was not aware of the quacker factory at this time. But now I am. And it is a thing. So that was a complete tangent. But, you know, I'm just saying. He looked like he was from the quacker factory. And I thought it would have been great had he got into the pub. And some guy tapped him on the shoulder. The guy, the guy from the bathroom pissed on him. Then went, oh, quack, quack, quack. And he went, quack, quack, quack. And anyway, I'm rambling. Thanks for calling in, Michelle. You're always a treat. Fuck. It's Joe and Sensi. What? I just called in and I hit the five-minute mark again. So I'm redoing this. Oh, Hopefully, this is from last uh, week. But anyway, I'll try and make it fast. Uh, last time I knew it hit the five-minute mark, and I said, you know, fuck it, you know. I heard a buzz, but I didn't want to call back because I knew probably wouldn't play it anyway. So anyway, Dang. calling back because I saw uh, a couple of movies I wanted to talk about. One of them was Friday the 13th, the original. Oh. First time I've seen any of the movies except for... When I lived in Japan, I did see Friday. I think I saw the sixth installment, but I saw it all in Japanese. So I don't oh. really remember what it was because at that point, I didn't understand Japanese. Friday, the 13th. But that was so First racist. time I saw the first one, I didn't really pay all that much attention. It was like light outside and I was doing laundry. So oh, yeah, I kind of felt bad. Doesn't... I didn't pay more attention to it. But Boo. I thought it was important to see because I can see how it kind of influenced a lot of the uh, sure. horror uh, movies of the 80s and, and the. Uh, you know, the main horror villain and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That was good. Um, I liked the surprise at the end of the movie. The movie's been out for a long time, so I don't think I'm spoiling it necessarily. Well, no. But you didn't really know if it was a mother that killed all of the uh, campers or if it really was Jason. You didn't know. Oh, is that so what I you took from that? Surprise. Okay. And secondly, I saw the movie Trolls because, you know, I love my Noah Hathaway. And I was expecting it to be kind of a scary movie. No! It really wasn't scary. It was like watching Final <laughs> Rock. Uh, not at all. Style or something like that. So it wasn't really all that scary. But, it was, you know, I just wanted to watch it because of No Halfway. And I, well, maybe I wasn't paying too much attention to No Halfway or whatever. He's like 12! I eventually fell asleep and didn't finish watching it. But I was like creeping out because I thought like, all I could think of was like No Halfway. Oh my God, he's so hot. And he's probably he hadn't grown an, an inch since he filmed that movie. Cause he's still no, he's, he's still very tiny. And all I can think about how I wanted to see him naked as, a, you know. Should have gone to the pool party. The teenage boy, and it was like creeping out and gross. Yeah, that's pretty gross, Joe. Asleep. But yeah. anyway, that's my story for this week. Um, hopefully I didn't hit the five-minute mark again. No, nope, not it. even close. I'll talk to you later. Thank God. Bye. Joe, thank you for calling back. Um, even if it was a week later, that was very wise of you. Um, I wonder what happened to you. Well, thank you for the reviews. That's cool that you finally saw Friday the 13th. I'm glad you enjoyed it, sort of. That's not really the best way to watch anything, but, you know, I guess if you gotta do it that way, you gotta do it. And, sweetie, Troll is not a, not a scary movie. The peop- reason people love Troll is because, the Troll series, I should say, is because they're so charmingly bad. And Troll 1 in particular was on HBO a thousand times a week in the 80s. So it was one of those things, if you had HBO, you know it backwards and forwards just because it was always on. And by the way, the Scream Queens Horror Podcast does not endorse or condone the ogling of 12-year-old boys named Harry Potter. So that, that, yeah, that was that. You know, I'm surprised you didn't mention that, Joe, but that he's got, it's weird he's named Harry Potter. But you should have gone to the pool party. 
at Har How Weekend if you wanted to see Noah Hathaway naked because he was wearing a very skimpy bathing suit and was drunk and then hula hooping in said bathing suit. So, you know what? You live, you learn, you miss things. But, um, troll. At least now you know for part two because part two is even worse, but it's so brilliantly bad. It's delightful. All right, Joe, thanks for calling back and uh, talk to you soon. Hey there, Patrick. This is Hunter from uh, Down South. Down I South. For you. I'm good. Thank so you. So I remember in one of your previous shows talking about doing one of these uh, audio sort of stories. Yes. And you said you couldn't do one if it was acted out, but you could if it was read. So what's the difference? Because you're doing voices in this one, but uh. because you're re- there's no like. It has like you want uh, me to explain the unions? Some sort of stuff God. like he did this and went to this and blah blah blah. Or is it is there something else I'm missing? All right, well I, that's more of a nuts and bolts question, but uh, great job with it. Thank so, you. All right, I'll talk to you later, man. Bye. Well, gosh, Hunter, wait, 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 wait bring in some exciting material because nothing is going to bring in the listeners like me explaining union rules. Well, uh, this 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 is all very confusing, and there's. Because the, the unions don't even know what they're doing. Uh, they ha- well, they just rewrote contracts. and I'm a- Is everybody bored already? Basically, the old rule was if you were acting, in a, you needed to be working under a union contract. And acting considered was considered being, taking on another character, being another person or something and reading from a script. Whereas... Me doing an audiobook, it's still me, but I'm telling you a story. It's just like bullshit fine lines in the dirt. But the thing is, that whole issue is moot right now because the Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA, which is another Screen Acting Guild, have finally merged. After decades of battling, they finally merged into one great big union. And who knows what the fuck the rules are now. This show right now might be illegal for all I know. I still have to go meet with the representative because that's going to be fun. Thank you for getting me angry, Hunter. <sighs> Love you. Bye. Hey, Patrick. This is Trey. Hi, I Trey. I actually give an update on two movies I saw. The last time I complained that there weren't many good movies, and I actually saw two really good ones recently. Um, yes. The first one I'm not going to talk much about is Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Only to say I fucking love the movie. Yes, it was absolutely. great. It was, it was good. It was fun. Um, only thing I'm going to say is that I was afraid the trailers may have given away a lot, and it I was surprised it didn't spoil the movie for me. But Cabin in the Woods, definitely go see it. If you love horror movies, it's just, it's great. The second one I'm going to talk about that I saw a few nights ago and I really liked it was The Innkeepers by Ty West. Yes, Innkeepers. Um, He's a writer-director of The House of the Devil, which Mm -hmm. came out a couple years ago, which I really loved. Um, Innkeepers is just about two slackers, for lack of a better word, two slackers who work at a hotel and it's closing. It's a closing weekend and they're the only people manning it. And they think it's haunted, so they're kind of half-heartedly doing a ghost hunt. Um, if you liked House of, the, House of the Devil, is a good litmus test for innkeepers. Um, both movies aren't fast-paced, but I didn't find them boring. And I yes, get bored I easily during movies. I, I'm ADD, and so if a movie can keep yeah, my attention for 90 minutes nonstop, that's good. And the innkeepers did. It moved at a pace that was never boring. Um, and also, I think the best thing about the innkeepers is it really shows how tone is really important in the movie. Um, uh-huh. First hour 
or actually the first half hour or so, the innkeepers is kind of goofy. It's kind of silly, kind of quirky, very lighthearted. It, it, it's very mundane, but it's also very, it's, you know, I thought it was kind of funny. And so I, I started feeling that it, this can't be a really scary movie because there's no chills going on. And I like the characters and it uh, you know, wants me to like them, but it also wants to laugh with them. So when the spooky stuff started happening, it really had more of an impact. So you'd have a spooky scene, then go back to the funny stuff. Then a spooky scene, then the funny stuff. And then spooky. by the end of the movie, though, it was definitely horror, and the whole tone had changed. I liked it. Um, yeah, I liked the characters. I liked the world they were in. It's a simple story. It's not a complex story. You can sum it up in a couple of sentences. The Apparently whole movie not. is more about mood and tone than actually having a plot with a whole lot of ins and outs. But I liked it. So if you're not worried about a movie that's overly complicated but just works more as a, you know, the way it makes you feel, I recommend The Innkeepers. It was spooky. I love a great ghost story, and it was that. And I like the characters. So House in the Woods and The Innkeepers. House in the Woods? I recommend them both. Well, I hope you're doing well. Grandma's? I'll talk to you later. Bye. Lord. Trey, you know I love you, right? Good, because I already talked about The Innkeepers. Episodes ago, I didn't give it a full hoo-ha because um, it was just out on direct to DVD, uh, not direct to DVD, uh, video on demand, and you know it's not something you could talk about without spoiling it. I was a little bit dumb. Well, I went in with the wrong frame of mind, and I talked about that when I talked about it. Shut up, Patrick. Was that uh, I don't know. I I can't even talk about. Well, I, I did already talk about this. I was expecting something more like House of the Devil, which had you know the slow build up to a whiz bang blow the roof off the place finale. And this didn't have that. It had a you know more um, introspective, ooh, think about it, that's creepy ending, which was fine, but I saw it with a group and I was geared up for something else. So I just said, if you go in with the mindset that you're going to get some quiet chills or some quiet spookies, as you would say, and you'll enjoy yourself better than I did. And I, I didn't want to review it because I knew I went in with the wrong frame of mind. And I'm sure if I watched it again, I would like it. And I agree that um, at a certain point in the movie, it must have been a good hour in, I suddenly realized nothing's happened yet, but I'm not bored. And that's a, that's a strong case for the movie right there. Um, I had, see, I had my one big problem with the movie I can't talk about. We'll have to talk about this on private, on the Facebook. Because there was something with one of the special effects knocked me out of the movie. And logically, I can explain away this awful special effect, but it doesn't, that's an after-the-fact thing. It doesn't make up for the fact that it made me go, and fall out of the story way too soon. Anyway, thank you for the recommendations. We'll go check out House in the Woods. I guess it's Abe Lincoln's logs of cabins. Shut up. I don't know what I'm saying. Hi, Patrick. This is Lauren. I'm a new Scream Queen with a C. It's a first-time I'm geographically pretty close to Zombart, but I'm going to try and keep it shorter than messages are. Well, good luck with that. And I'm loving your podcast. Thank you. Going straight through them. And I I don't anticipate calling so quickly, but tonight something happened. Yes. And I had to call. Um, You keep talking about your meetup groups for the horror movies and I was thinking, like, ooh, maybe I'll look into a, a DC meetup group. Uh-huh. And now I don't know, because I was I was waiting outside an art gallery to see my friend's piece that she's showing. Uh-huh. And it was like a sideshow freak oh. meetup group. Oh. Got there early. Oh. And um, well. I wouldn't have 
you know, looked at them and been like, oh, you fucking tied show freaks. But it was all these bunch of men, and I guess they had decided that tonight was like a mating ritual night. What? And they were puffing up their chests and <sighs> talking about how marijuana was cool and to what? try and get my attention. And they were like, are you going to meet up? And I was like, no. No, definitely <laughs> and I, not. And your voice was going on in my head the whole time. Definitely like, not. Ah, ah, <laughs> ew, ew. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was just lots of, What's the t- you know, <laughs> they'd greased up their hairs and they looked very disheveled and <laughs> they were just very obviously a, a pack of things, a pack of guys going out trolling for for Dad. ladies under the Poor guise Dad. of a, a meetup group. And uh, I know it creeped me out. And uh, DC is not a city of, of beautiful people. They pretty much. <laughs> They pretty wow. much just travel straight to New York. And wow. um kind of freaked me out, too, because even though Zombart gives you shit for, you know, New York people being cynical or whatever, D.C.'s a lot less friendly. My mm. family is actually from, we're actually your people. And my people. they're from, on my dad's side, Queens. And I'm hey. sure you know what, what neighborhood they're from, because we're your people. And, uh, yeah, so people talking to you on the street... Not cool. And uh, then one of the guys was hitting up my friend in the in the gallery who Gross. had created the art piece and was like, how much? How much? I buy. How much? And I was yeah. like, I guess you thought we were prostitutes. I don't know. <laughs> but I had to I had to call in right away about that. Oh, um, thank you. Because you're always making the meetup group sound so fabulous. Well. Apparently not in my city. Um and but it, it is wonderful to have your soundtrack. Ah, <laughs> ew, ew, in my head when situations arise. I'm saving lives. <laughs> oh, whoa! But I cannot save you from the buzzer, man. The buzzer is hungry tonight. Three, vi- well, two victims, but three attacks and one show. My goodness gracious! Well, welcome to the club, Lauren. Way to make a splash. Uh, I'm really sorry about your meetup group experience. Now, I cannot take it. Meetup group, it's like Match.com. You know, for every winner out there, there's going to be 100 losers. And, you know, if you're checking out a meetup group, by all means, investigate a meetup group. But approach with caution. Usually, they, you know, don't just dive in and give them your money before you meet these people. Because they might be... What possible theme did this meetup group have? Was it date rape? Was it a date rape meetup group? Because that's what it sounds like. Ew. I, do, I don't understand. Well, it just goes to show you how great Rich and the Dark Side Horror Movie Meetup Group really is. Because he does an amazing job. The group is great. Everybody in it is cool. Nobody thinks anybody's prostitutes, except maybe if they are prostitutes or so. Um, so if you're in the New York area and you haven't joined us yet, what the fuck are you waiting for? God damn it. So, uh, yes, Lauren, thank you for the call, and, um, just, just, I hope you're warning. I hope, I hope, I hope I, uh, I just ran out of words. Ugh, I'm sorry, Lauren, you broke me. I'm gonna wrap this puppy up for another week, because this show has been a hell of a lot of work, because I'm telling you this after the fact. 
Oh, good lord, I lost all... I've re-recorded and re-edited this show like 85 times now because it's just been cursed. It's been cursed. It's been cursed. I lost the interview with Robert, but then we recovered it. And then I went to save the episode and Audacity blew up. So I've been piecing it together for days now, and I hope you're all happy, goddammit. I lost everything except the intro and the outro. So this, this is at the end of the run. So just keep your fingers crossed that this last segment goes well, because if it doesn't, I go back to my original statement, I will break my foot off in your ass. Well, not your ass, like a collective world ass. World ass? Is that another, is that your third trilogy of the book? Is that the third part of the book, Robert? I'm babbling. Anyway, although I did just want to say that uh, having to piece the show together again made me realize I made a mistake earlier on. When I was talking about the Levy guy from the Village People, I kept calling him Frank. I don't know why I was calling him Frank. His name was Glenn. Glenn Hughes. So, Glenn Hughes, wherever you are, I'm sorry. It would have been too much work to just put Glenn in every time I said Frank. And because it would have been that sound difference. I'd be like, forget it, man. You know what I'm talking about. Shut up. I'm babbling. Again. If you want to be like all these cool people who wrote in and called in and elevated the show from the... From the complete ludicrousy that I've instilled upon it, by all means, give me a call at 347-767-3509. Or you could write me at crew at screamqueens.com, and that's Queens with a C. You can like me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. You can also support the show with a donation or, or... Or you can head over to the iTunes store and write a review. See, right now I've been sitting at 23 reviews for a while, and it's my goal for the summer by the end of August to get it at least up to 30. Help me achieve my goal. Go over there and write just a sentence, just a couple of words if you like the show. If you don't like the show, go over there and lie. No one will know but you and me, and I'll find you. But that's not the point right now either. Um, so I'm not really sure what's coming up next. I got a lot of stuff backed up. Again, it sounds like I'm constipated every time I say that, but I'm not. Believe me, I'm pooping freely. Why do I, why, why do I go there? Anyway, um, people have been sending me a lot of screeners. Uh, Claire Fluffy Llewellyn has sent me Conscience, her, na- her new movie. Um, Dustin from the Puppet Monster Massacre sent me his screener for his new movie, Zombie A-Hole. Sean from More Horror Than Horror sent me a stack of DVDs the size of Wisconsin and... It's just a lot to get to, and plus new stuff keeps coming out. But, uh, so it's hard for me to make decisions, goddammit. But I'll tell you this much. Prom season is upon us. And since I've already covered Carrie, I'm going to cover what I consider to be in the top echelon of really, really, really gay horror movies. And that would be Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Because, come on, that one's just gay in the best possible way. Because not only is it about an evil prom queen, it's a whole horror movie that centers around a tiara. Am I right or am I wrong? I'm right. I'm always right. And uh, hopefully I'll have a special guest to talk about that with me. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is because that would destroy the fun. And you probably won't know who it is anyway. But it's somebody really cool. So keep an ear out for that in the near future. And of course, some of your suggestions for shitty movies to torture myself with because I, I, I don't have enough pain in my life. But um, I think that about wraps it up for this week. So, until next time, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, Boy, are you expecting a birthday present from me? Oh, well, I was going to beat the living crap out of you. And now I didn't.
Happy birthday, you little peckerwood. Bye. I go hunting for witches. Heads up, goes Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches!